Hello! Welcome back to the audio diary of Aaron Lockman, and welcome back more specifically to the final episode of my mini-series, Unreviewable, in which I think I'm reviewing nebulous ideas or concepts that normally wouldn't be reviewed, but it turns out I was reviewing myself the whole time! Today, we're going to look at lazily disguised autobiographies. My first semester of college was a strange and disorienting time for me, as it is for most hungry 18-year-olds who choose to pick up their entire lives and plop them down 1,000 miles to the left. The loneliness in those four months between September and December 2013 got crushing sometimes. I mostly dealt with it by taking long evening walks by Lake Michigan, gazing up at the great hunched shoulders of this new city, swallowed by the enormousness of what I'd done. The other way I dealt with it was by ravenously seeking out any performance opportunity I could, and that is how I ended up with a role in a student film called Her Name Was Lily, written and directed by a male film major a few years older than me. The plot of the film centered around the completely fictional character, Dean, a male film major a few years older than me, who is having trouble finding love, despite the fact that he is sleeping with an endless string of girls, none of whom seem quite right. My role was Dean's sarcastic roommate, Stan, who mostly seemed to exist to snarkily comment on Dean's romantic life while cracking sexist jokes. Her name was Lily is still available on Vimeo, I believe, and it makes an intriguing watch, if only as a fascinating glimpse into the mind of the straight white male film major. As a narrative, it is rather disappointing. It's cliché, it's misogynist, the cinematography is amateurish at best, and it ends with a twist of, ooh, shit, it turns out it was the main character who was writing the movie all along. Now, even 18-year-old me had an inkling of how sexist and lame this script was, and so in response, I started to write my own film, this one centering around Stan, the sarcastic roommate. Instead of trying to find love through one-night stands, Stan was instead struggling with feelings for his female best friend from high school who has come to visit him in Chicago. Throughout the script, I deftly peppered flashbacks to Stan's high school days and his interactions with Eve. His best friend's name was, of course, Eve, because subtlety is for chumps. Dean, the main character in Her Name Was Lily, made some cameo appearances, mostly as a foil to Stan. This short film, the one I wrote, was only ever partially filmed, and can't be found anywhere on the internet that I know of, which frankly is a relief, because I just read the script again, and while it is certainly clever, it is incredibly painful to read. In its own way, it is just as immature as the film it was rebelling against, because it is me trying to process my own feelings about love through a lazily disguised self-insert character. The only difference is it stars a sad nerd instead of a sad jock. But at the same time, I don't regret writing it. Reading it now feels like I'm looking at my 18-year-old self frozen in amber, and there is insight to be found in that. Lazily disguised autobiographies are nothing new. If you've ever seen a Woody Allen film, for instance, you have seen a male auteur trying to cope with his own emotions through a lazily disguised self-insert character, usually played by Allen himself in his early work, and later by a younger, more handsome, more 
Owen Wilson-ish avatar. This also goes for most romantic comedies written by men. These movies aren't always bad, but the sheer quantity of male-centered, lazily-disguised autobiographies in Hollywood was really overwhelming for a while. Nowadays, thankfully, Hollywood seems to be widening its gaze a little, letting some other demographics make their own LDAs, which is a cool acronym for lazily disguised autobiographies that I just came up with. Lady Bird, for instance, was a fantastic movie that, while it wasn't particularly revolutionary, felt fresh and interesting because it was an LDA told from a woman's perspective instead of a man's. Moonlight is a perfect example of a great LDA which was actually revolutionary because it was a story from a doubly marginalized group, black gay men, that has been hugely underrepresented in Hollywood. The problem with LDAs isn't that they're narcissistic. All writers have to write from their own experiences, and all art is a little narcissistic by nature. The problem lies with the L in the acronym. If you're just going to slap yourself in the middle of a fictional story in order to share your opinions, you come off as unsubtle and blunt and not ballsy enough to write a memoir. But of course, it is easy to criticize. And it is even easier to write an LDA without realizing that's what you're doing. And that, of course, brings me to this very podcast. Oh yeah, you thought this episode was navel-gazy already. You had no idea. In the spring of 2015, nearly two years after the trash fire of Her Name Was Lily, I moved into my first ever apartment. I was living with three other guys named Zach, Cedric, and Ted, respectively. It was the first time in my life that I felt like I was friends with my roommates, and I was so excited about this that one cool evening in May, I wrote three episodes of a podcast called The Audio Diary of Aaron Lockman. It starred a harried, completely fictional 20-something with whom I happened to share a name. This Aaron Lockman lived in a bizarro, mythical, almost gothic version of Chicago, where supernatural horrors lay around every corner. The guest stars were mostly my roommates. Every character on the podcast shared a name and personality with the actor who played them, but their personal circumstances always had some supernatural twist. Ted was a sentient book with healing powers who grew into a human body. Zack was stuck in a perpetual purgatorial game of Magic the Gathering. And Cedric, of course, was a werewolf. In this way, the audio diary is sneakier than most LDAs, because it makes no attempt to hide, and indeed embraces, its lazy disguise. As I wrote, I played quite fast and loose with metafictional commentary, and would often rub up against the fourth wall without quite breaking it. Of course, the trouble began in the exact same place it does in most other LDAs. Other people. When you are writing a character who is a lazily disguised version of an actual person in your life, there is always risk. You are telling somebody's story for them overriding them, in a sense, and this can often ruffle some feathers. My favorite example of this is the excellent Broadway musical The Last Five Years, which is a lazily disguised autobiography about the author's failed marriage with one particular woman. Jason Robert Brown actually got sued by his ex-wife when the musical was in development, and he had to alter the script to differentiate it from real life before it premiered in New York. 
Nobody has sued me over the audio diary of Aaron Lockman. This is because, A, I don't know anybody who is of a suing disposition, and B, the podcast takes great pains to point out that you are listening to a fiction. But still, the audio diary does hint at some darker things that were swirling around my mind at the time that I wrote them. In addition, there are times when I try to capture the relationships between a few not-me people that have grown painful to listen to in the years since. Of the various friends who played warped versions of themselves on the podcast, most of them I remain very close with to this day. Others I have cut out of my life entirely, with good reason. And it is weird to listen back to those voices with fondness. But I do. I'm very proud of the writing I did in that first phase of The Audio Diary of Aaron Lockman. It's some of my weirdest, darkest work, and there was something delightful and unforgettable about crafting that intricate alternate universe with my friends. The ways in which certain people have fucked up, not to mention the ways I've fucked up over the years, cannot dim that. But at the same time, I can't continue with the fictional pretense. It feels too much like dancing on the edge of the volcano, and I'm tired of the runaround. About a year after I wrote my film in response to Her Name Was Lily, I sent the script to the girl in high school upon whom I had a crush, and about whom I had written this lazily disguised autobiography. Trying to maintain long-distance friendships left over from high school is difficult in any circumstance, but we had just had an argument of sorts, and we were in the midst of a bit of a reckoning about our friendship. There were some hard decisions that had to be made, and sending her the film seemed the most expedient way of being brutally honest about a few things. Anyway, I was sitting by Lake Michigan on a warm spring afternoon, the lake and the sky both a brilliant, cloudless blue as I talked to her on the phone. I couldn't tell you the exact substance of the conversation, only that she was, understandably, dismayed at the rather simplistic picture my screenplay painted. And in response, I made perhaps the strangest, yet most apt comparison I've ever made. I didn't regret writing the script, I said, despite its flaws, because it was like those warnings that Warner Brothers puts on the DVDs of all those old racist Bugs Bunny cartoons. While the following does not represent the Warner Brothers' view of today's society, these cartoons are being presented as they were originally created because to do otherwise would be the same as claiming these prejudices never existed. I give lazily disguised autobiographies two out of five stars. All old episodes of The Audio Diary of Aaron Lockman can be found on my YouTube page in a convenient playlist, and I highly recommend giving it a listen. As I said, I'm weirdly proud of it. I've linked two fascinating articles about the last five years and Ladybird, respectively, that I found illuminating, especially concerning the potential benefits of lazily disguised autobiographies. If there is any more writing out there in the ether that will eventually worm its way onto this podcast feed, it will probably be something more like this. That is, brutally frank autobiography with a wisp of framing device sprinkled in. 
Let me know on Twitter or Facebook if there are any other unreviewable things you'd desperately like me to review. And thanks for listening.